Welcome to the Intentional Wellbeing Podcast. I am very excited. This is the second time I've started because I am that excited to talk to Krista Janine. You may have seen her on the interwebs. I came across her in one of my team meetings when somebody has said, have you seen Aloe Moves? They're actually looking to do a little bit of representation and we have a body out there that looks like the bodies that we are moving in in fitness. So let me tell you a little bit about Krista. She is a health and wellness professional teaching yoga since 2012. And since then, she has launched a successful virtual fitness studio, hosting weekly private and sold out group classes. Good for you. She does life coaching, business groups, running groups, individual groups, and several workshops on yoga study and business. And as a life coach, Krista helps women heal from their past trauma and establish a self-designed narrative for their lives, which is super important. Retelling your story in a way that supports you is immeasurable. You can it, it it is it catapults you into a whole different space. As a yoga instructor and a digital fitness coach, her main focus through social media and business overall is to encourage and empower others to live their most authentic lives by creating their own narratives for their future. Additionally, Krista has navigated the yoga and fitness fitness industry for over eight years in many markets throughout North America and has discovered a lack of diversity and inclusion. Surprise! We're going to talk about that today. She's experienced not only for herself, but her fellow BIPOC community has been passed over for promotions, class times, and formats being questioned about their teaching experience by students, identifying as a change agent and an individual who believes in equality in all spaces. She now focuses her energy on educating individuals, companies on the importance of diversity and inclusion in yoga and fitness spaces. Welcome to the podcast, my friend. Hi, thank you for having me. I was so excited. Like you came up in a group meeting. I'm like, I want to interview people who are bucking the system, changing the space, changing the narrative. I feel most at home with folks like that. You and I do a lot of similar work, so I'm always excited to talk to somebody who's in the yoga and movement and fitness spaces, breaking down what fitness is, breaking down what fitness isn't, and showing us that fitness looks different in all kinds of bodies and that there's no one way to show up in the fitness space. You can show up authentically as yourself. So tell me, how did you become interested in fitness? And what was like your first introduction to it? Oh, well, I mean, I've been working out, I guess, technically since I was a kid, right? Like right. I played year around, year around sports as a child, me and my brothers. Um, my parents were both very active. So people often ask me that question. And I'm like, it's never not been a part of my life. Like, I don't mm -hmm. know any other way to live <laughs> except for the way I live um, because it's always been just a part of my everyday. Uh, my dad was in the military, so he was always at the gym. Mm -hmm. My mom and her friends were always, you know, doing their own aerobics classes and like Jane Fonda in it up. So I've never not like known a world where fitness in this capacity didn't exist. Right. And I know that's not everybody's story, but for me, mm -hmm. it's like, I've never, I've never known a world without it. So I don't even, I guess at birth, I was introduced to it. Yeah. I mean, I've just been, I, I enjoy it and it mm -hmm. just kind of happened naturally. I love that. Like, I have to laugh when you say Jane Fonda. So I'm probably the same age as your mom because that's how <laughs> I got interested in movement. There was just Jane Fonda tape where she had the striped leotard. Yeah. 
and she had the leg warmers and she's on front of on the front of the box kind of like in a Pilates teaser position and I thought mm-hmm. oh what are we doing <laughs> and then you do the workout and she's got a singer in the class so how, you're doing yeah. the cardio part this is woman singing is <laughs> doing cardio and singing which I think she's lip syncing but still if she's doing so, the cardio yeah. and singing good for you yeah yeah so that that makes me yeah, smile because that was that was definitely my mom and her friends and then there was this one tape that they would like play twice through because they loved it so much <laughs> so they would do it twice and i'm like all right but yeah and still to this day like she mm-hmm. talks about it and again it's it's always been i don't know a point of like joy and not that i haven't used fitness to lose weight mm-hmm. but regardless of if i've been losing weight or not i've always wanted to work out Nice. And, like, see if I could get stronger, see if I could build my endurance and agility. Like, yeah, so I think that's that's a very interesting, like, because a lot of people have asked me that question recently. Um, yep. And, yeah, I'm like, I don't know. It's just always been my thing. I love that because I was introduced to fitness as a, as a modality to change my body. So, I, at first, I didn't really love it. But when I figured out that I could just feel good and I could do it just to do it, I was like, okay, you know what? Like remove the attachment from it. Like it didn't have to be about changing an aesthetic. It could just be about feeling good and moving my body. Mm-hmm. So I love that you came into the introduction of fitness and movement from a place of joy from the beginning. Not to say that you haven't used it to change your body, but for the most part, just to move. And your parents modeled that that behavior beautifully. So it never became something that was odd or different or not a part of your life. Right, exactly. And it's actually weird for me when I'm not working out, like when I don't mm-hmm. have a regular schedule. Because mm-hmm. um, I lived in New York for a few years. And it was just so bizarre because I just wasn't working out as much as I used to just because of like, the time constraints of my job or, sure. you know, just living in New York and managing things. And I felt so weird. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't even necessarily feel like myself because I moved from Chicago where I was a fitness instructor, even when I was in school, like getting my master's and I like would work out with my friends on the weekend. And we, I don't know. It was just so bizarre not to work out. Not to be, yeah. Yeah. I find that New York is a walkable city. Like we were there last weekend and my body, my legs still hurt. Like I did a leg day Mm -hmm. from walking like 50, 60, 70 blocks. And yes, New York city blocks are short. But I still, on average, was clocking about 13K a day. So it still was like a lot. Um, But I really love that you've had a positive experience. The thing that blew my mind, to be honest, and the reason I wanted to talk to you the most on the podcast, is breaking the barrier. So I have been sort of following Aloe, not really following Aloe, because the imagery that I've seen on there from the jump has not really been representative of people who look like us. And then one of my team members said, have you seen the new teacher on Aloe? And I'm like, wait, what? And we watched your video. We watched your promo video in our meeting. And I'm like, I have to talk to her. (laughs) Because breaking through that barrier of showing diversity within body types and diversity within ethnicity and skin color is really hard in big companies like Aloe like Lulu, like Athleta. I think Athleta is doing a better job of it than most. I think they show a lot more diversity, but I'm noticing that you're kind of the first one to break through. How did that come about? And Um, how do you, uh, yeah. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I mean, finish your question for sure. But yeah, yeah, I'm like. like, How did that come about? about How do you 
feel about working in that space because I don't see a lot of other people that look like you in that space but mm-hmm. we have to start somewhere I have like mixed feelings about starting somewhere being the beginner and then like mm-hmm. tokenism do you know what I'm saying yeah no I actually know exactly, I know exactly what you're saying right. um it's very so it's interesting in regards to the fact that there are other black instructors on Allo, right and like yeah definitely um not as many as there used to be and a lot of people have come and oh, gone and are doing okay. other things sure. so like if you dig back through the archive of like aloe moves you'll see people like koya webb you'll see people like um oh what's felicia's last name uh you might know felicia she's one of the people who started sisters um is it sisters in yoga Mm-hmm. Our sisters of yoga yes yeah and she's yeah, doing yeah. a lot of other things as well now um so koya felicia um there's a few other ones sprinkled throughout right so mm-hmm. i'm definitely but not they're... the first black woman but yeah no. they're both very yeah they're both very small they're like i was just gonna typical say. like yoga yes. bodies right exactly Absolutely. yeah so in that regard or the stereotypical um, yoga body let's put that in right quotes. exactly yeah Um, but yeah, so in that regard, I definitely am the first, um, I guess larger body that's an instructor on the platform for sure, especially teaching the formats that I teach. Yes. I'm not leading meditations. I'm not really even, I mean, I'm teaching yoga more so now, like I have a lot more yoga classes coming down the pipeline, but Mm. my first classes were not yoga classes. I mean, they were yoga infused classes, right? They were Mm -hmm. more strength training than anything. Um, so I'm definitely the first person on the platform to do even that model, right? To yeah. do hit and yoga together. Yeah. Um, which is how it kind of transpired, right? It was something new and different and mm-hmm. out, everybody is always looking for the new and different thing. Mm-hmm. So I taught a couple of classes for them on their Allo Moves Live, um, that eventually went over to their YouTube channel for Allo Moves. And I mean, and I did some promos for them a while back, right? Like a couple of years ago, I did promos for um, just the platform in general, like as a student. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, I mean, it was an ongoing relationship and I was very upfront with them because I'm um, an aloe advocate and the individual who she doesn't even work with the company anymore, the individual I spoke with about being an aloe advocate, I was like, look, like I don't mind, you know being an advocate I don't mind x y and z but I'm looking more so for paid opportunities and yeah, I think that's another sure. thing that black women in general don't do is like to be very upfront about their intentions yeah, right because at true. first I was like I don't want to I don't want to do this and I told her that I was like I really don't want like just more exchange like clothes exposure. for exposure I don't yeah. want any of that yeah yeah Exposure exactly the bills necessarily so but she was honest with me and I appreciate her for it and she definitely did help me get to the place I am now right but I feel mm-hmm. like without that initial conversation of me very much so being vocal about my intentions being vocal about what I wanted from this partnership mm-hmm. I would not have gotten to where I am right now right I wouldn't have yeah. even had the opportunity to teach the Allo Moves Live I wouldn't have had the opportunity to even be in the promos, right? And when right. I went to do the promos, they were like, oh, your form's so good. And I was like, yeah, I teach yoga. And that's the thing, too, is, like, they have – and fun fact, the, like, previously they were hiring a lot of people who were just fitness models but didn't really right. understand 
how these postures were supposed to look in the body or how their form was supposed to be. So, yeah, you're a fitness model, but you don't know anything about yoga. Or, yeah, you're a fitness model, but you don't know how to lift weights properly, right? So now you're making the platform look bad, and then the shoots take longer. And I think that was another thing with me that they really enjoyed is, like, because I knew what was going on, things could happen quicker. Right, Um, for sure. So I think that's kind of, like, how all those things transpired, right? It was... Again, me being vocal about what I wanted, what I was doing, and then also me having the background to support that. Right. Um, Which, again, most Black women do. Like, even when you look at um, Ash Pryor on Peloton, who's the new Peloton rowing instructor, you know, she's a phenomenal rower, and she knows her stuff, and you know, people are so shocked that she's such a good, like, rowing instructor, but it's like, she's been doing this forever. Like, of course she is. And quite frankly... If she wasn't, they wouldn't have hired her because you have to be better than everyone else for them to even pay attention to you as a black woman. Right. And that's the over and that's like the reality of it. If Mm -hmm. if you got to this point, it's not just because you're cute. Right. No. And not saying that's other people's truth, but at the same time, there's a little more black women. I just exactly it's the truth for black women. Exactly. I just came from the salon, so the salon is my people. We talk about, you know, the beauty shop. We talk about politics. We talk about uh, race. We talk about, we talk about everything. And we just, I just finished having a conversation with my stylist about that because we are always the ones that are the most criticized. And when I saw the backlash that Ash was getting online for being a plus size rower, I'm just like, what is it people want from us? What is it that you want from us? Why just because you have a bigger size body doesn't mean you can't be an athlete? Why is there only one way to look at anything? White supremacy, everybody, just in case you were wondering. But you well, know what I Yeah, and also yeah. where it was coming from. Because it wasn't coming from yeah. Instagram and it wasn't coming from TikTok. It was coming from Facebook. And when you look at, oh, and so right. another caveat to, to throw in the mix here, guys. So I've worked in tech and television for the past decade plus. So some of the the little tidbits I'm going to give you are from that perspective as well. Wonderful. So that being Later. said, I just finished the contract at Meta. So when you look at the overall, oh, Meta, Facebook, whatever it's called now. Yeah. Um, when you look at the demographic of who is on Facebook versus who is on Instagram versus who is on TikTok, it's very telling, right? And it's yeah. very telling of an old school mindset and an old school like ideology and also this old school thought that you can say whatever you want with no consequence, right? That blows my mind. Absolutely <laughs> blows my mind. Yeah. So that, and that's where she was getting most of her criticism is from mm-hmm. these like trolls sitting behind their keyboards. And to your point, it's like, I mean, <laughs> who, who's to say that just cause somebody's small, they know what they're doing or that they're actually in shape. Cause they're not. You and just a lot said of times, that. They're not. You just said that. They hired fitness models that had bad form. They hired fitness models that took more time to take the picture. You have good form. You've been working in fitness your whole life. You have worked out your whole life. You are in a plus size body. And they recognize that you're the real deal, which comes back to black folks. You have to work twice as hard to get half as far. Like you always have something to prove when you show up. Then when you show up fully ready, fully prepared, and full of excellence, 
people want to come for you because they're somehow jealous or intimidated or they think that there's only one way to be in the world. And it is mm-hmm. so frustrating. So that's why I was so excited to see you on Aloe. Because I'm like, when did this happen? I've seen yeah. so many battles happening in the Aloe space when they first came on board. There was this whole brouhaha with Kino McGregor. There was this whole brouhaha with all this <laughs> other stuff. And I'm like, what is going on over there? Like, it, I would just come and watch for yeah. the drama, to be honest. Yeah. I'm here for the comments. <laughs> and then when I the saw drama. you on there, I'm thinking, has something changed? Yeah, and I think it's it's also twofold, right? Yeah. Because it starts to get into this space of people not understanding that two truths can exist at once, right? Right. So though I've I've had a lot of great feedback, and as has Ash prior, right? It's like yes, but she's the, brilliant. I, I I love her. I'm actually getting a roller because of her. Right. Um, but that being said, the negative feedback I've gotten from both the plus size community who their negative feedback isn't even necessarily toward me but they're using me as an example of how aloe is like um what what's the word they're using oh there's this one word because it keeps coming up and i'm like y'all don't even know what that word means um oh shoot it's not an exploitation almost like it's almost like misleading but it's not misleading. But we'll go with misleading for the sake of time in my memory right now. Yeah, yeah. But it's you. almost like they're saying, oh, yeah, that they're not using the word, but this is like, this is the realm of reality we're living right, in, Right, this is right? what they're thinking, right? This is what they're thinking, right? It's like, oh, you know, Aloe is just like trying to make people think that they're inclusive and they have like plus sizes. And like somebody was even like, well, where are the clothes that she has on that you can buy on the rack? And like, you know, you guys don't even go up to more than like 2X and yada, 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 implying that I was like 2X, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. But what I had to get people to understand when they're making these comments, I'm like, you're making an assumption about me, just like you don't want people to make an assumption about you. You don't know what size I am, right? Right. So that's step one. So even in that regard, they're not lying. I am indeed wearing their clothes. Right. But my body, and this is the other thing too that I think all of us need to understand. Uh, A medium or a large on me isn't going to look the same as a medium or a large on somebody else because of how my body is built, right? Right. And not saying one body is better than the other, but we have so many assumptions. Yeah. Yeah. And we have so many assumptions from both sides of the aisle, right? Which we can use in regards to politics, which we can use in regards to so many things. And people on these extreme ends. And I'm like, y'all, like, we got to start meeting each other in the middle, right? We got to start acknowledging that it's great that I'm in this space as a representation, but at the same time, it would be even better if Ella had more inclusive sizing. Those two truths can exist at the same time. Yes. Right. Agreed. And and they don't have to fight against each other. And you don't have to be like, oh, she's clearly two X and you guys had to make her clothes custom so she could be in this ad. And I'm like, does that even make sense? Like, mm-hmm. how in your mind does that make sense that that's what they mm-hmm. did? So then I could in turn teach the class for them. Right. So yeah. it's things like that. And then, of course, on the other side, you have the typical like, oh, well, you know, why would I take advice from somebody that's overweight on how to lose weight? And I was like, absolutely not. Don't don't take advice from me on how to lose weight. Because that's not what I'm doing. I'm not here for that. (laughs) Right, I'm not here for that. I'm not going to give you advice on that. But what I will give you advice on is how to get stronger, how to build agility, how to gain more flexibility, how to increase your longevity in life. Like, that's what I'm talking to you about. I don't care what size you are. 
you need all those things regardless of what size you are right and that's what we need to be talking about right that's what it, it you know I always tell people motion is lotion and that my fitness routine my movement routine I call it joyful mindful movement for people mm-hmm. who might be activated by the word exercise or traumatized by a uh, I was just talking about this in my one of my fitness classes this week <laughs> traumatized by like the president's fitness test I know you got you you all do that in the states and we have a Ontario yeah. or Canada blah blah similarity where you had to do like mm-hmm. 10 pull-ups and run for yeah. four minutes and do all these push-ups and if you didn't Which excel at each pull-ups uh, yeah, well, just, that's like... just it like and, and if you didn't excel at these things, you somehow weren't fit. It didn't matter that you played softball three times a week or you rode your bike every day to and from school or you walked, you know, a mile to or from school or, you know, yeah. you played outside and you roller skated. Those were not measurements of your fitness, but the ability right. to do five pull-ups, which I could not do, or hang from a rope, which I could do very well, um, was a measure of your was a measure of your fitness level. And if you didn't hit those markers, you were somehow unfit. And they said, uh a letter home to your parents. I'm like, uh, she plays soccer and softball and she rides her bike to school. How is she not? How did, how, how is it that she's, what is the measurement of fitness? You know, what's funny about that? I distinctly remember doing that test in maybe seventh or eighth grade. Something like that. And my PE teacher, which, and nothing is my PE teachers. I actually loved my PE teachers in this regard. That's good. You had a good experience. They had me, they had me like helping all the other girls because it was like oh, boys yeah. had their PE class and girls had right. theirs. Yeah, so we I separate. was helping everybody because I've always been like relatively strong. I've had a yeah. relatively like developed upper body. Helping yep. all these other girls get on the bar so they could do theirs. So then by the time it's my turn to do my pull up, I'm like, I'm not hanging here. I don't care. I was like, if you can't determine from that, from me helping 10, 15 people get on this bar, that I have upper body strength, then that's yeah. on you. Ain't got nothing to do with me. And like, and I mean, of course I passed. My PG was like, it's not whatever. But I was yeah. like, yeah, but I think it's so funny because even in that, the fact that somebody else has that you, has to help you get on this bar, right? right to prove mm-hmm. that you can do a pull up or hold for whatever. Or whatever it's just it was. like, come on. It doesn't even make sense logically. No. no. A lot of things in the fitness realm doesn't make sense. And I'm really excited to see things evolve to something else. Because if when I was growing up, I had seen a fitness leader or a yoga teacher like you, how much different would my relationship with my body be? If Mm -hmm. I could see a full range of bodies, shapes, color, ethnicities, um, doing something that I wanted to do, like how would that have changed my life? Yeah. And you were lucky to have your parents as models of that. Right. And I think also, and I mean, because I speak to this often, I do like yoga philosophy and social justice lectures mm-hmm. and workshops. And I speak to that also. I'm like, you know, it's when you've always seen yourself, it's easy for you to be like, oh, well, people should just do things. But when you don't understand what it's like to not see yourself in spaces, you don't understand that barrier of entry in itself. Outside of everything else culturally that you have to, like, deal with, outside of everything else, like, personally, it's, like, that in itself is crazy. Because um, yeah. even I did a Nike campaign in January, which is, again, another situation where it's, like, how great would it have been when I was a child to see somebody that's clearly Black, right? Not ethnically mm-hmm. ambiguous. A right. Black woman, <laughs> Right, because that's right. the thing too. That is a thing we know. <laughs> right, so you know, doing these cool things with their body and like 
jumping really high in things, right? That's not, again, in a small body, but still doing all the things. And that's the ongoing joke with, like, my friends and, like, even one of my friend's sisters, she was drunk, so, like, excuse the language. But she was like, how is Chris's butt so big and she can do all the stuff that skinny white girls do? And I'm like, y'all are hilarious. But, again, I think that mindset has been given to us that we can't because of our anatomy. And, again, you've never seen it, so why would you believe anything different? It's true. It's true. Or that we can do these things in a slightly different way, right? Like it doesn't have to look exactly as it does or exactly as it is curated on social media in in Nike or Aloe campaigns. Like it can look different. Well, anywhere, anywhere in media. (laughs) It can look different. It can be different. This homogeneous ideal of what fitness looks like is ridiculous. And the fact that we equate thinness with fitness is ridiculous. Like I was saying to, I, you know, I work with a trainer at the gym and I was saying to the trainer, like there are people who are my size that run circles around people who are half of my size. Yet I'm the one with the body that is not fit. Right. Right. And there's no way to look at somebody and tell their health status, but we do that. And we feel so empowered to criticize when Ash got all that pushback. I was just like, who are these people? Like, I would like you to go one-on-one with Ash, one-on-one with Ash on the rowing machine, and let me see what you got. Go ahead. Show me. And I think that's also the other thing is, like, people's mindset on what the reason we work out is, right? Yes. And me and some of my friends have been having this conversation recently. And Mm -hmm. I have friends of all shapes and sizes. But my smaller friends are really, like, because people are like, why would you why are you working out if you're just gonna eat unhealthy and it's like first of all you don't know how I eat so let's start there but right. even let's say I did right let's let's who say cares? food is right. food who cares no it's moral attachment business. to food all right it's none of your business but she, she one of my friends said this to me she was like so if working out is just for losing weight then why do people who are already fit work out she was like, if you were going to go along that logic of the only reason why you should work out is because you want to get small and lose weight, then why would people who still work out when they're small yeah, keep doing continue it? Continue to do so. Yeah. It, just, no it doesn't make sense. It makes no yeah. sense. Makes no sense. And I wish that we could divorce those two things. I wish exactly. that people could know that, and I say this, I feel bad for my Tuesday morning class. I do a fusion flow. <laughs> which is weights, Pilates, and yoga. And then at the end, we do a dance party. So I put on a three-minute, I put on a three-minute thing and we just dance like nobody's looking. And what I say to my fitness class is if you're afraid to dance in public, close your eyes and nobody can see you. And I go close your (laughs) eyes and just dance as hard as you can for like three minutes. And I mean, people are going at it and it's the most joyful, wonderful class ever. And it's a challenging class. And then at the end, I go, see how we feel? This is why we do it. And I always make the joke that I don't like to check a bag when I travel. So uh, (laughs) I pack a 35-pound carry-on. It's not cute. I struggle through the airport on these wheels. But I want to be able to lift that Mm 35-pound carry-on into the overhead bin. And usually when I overpack my bag, there's nobody around me to go, do you need me to help you lift that up? So I have to be prepared to do it for myself. This last trip to New York, somebody did offer. I'm like, no, 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 no. I work out. And that's what I said. No, 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 no. I work out for this very reason so I can drag this heavy suitcase. I work out as an investment in my future self, right? right? Right. Like I am 
52 years old and I want to I want to remain mobile for as long as humanly possible exactly and I understand that we change and I understand that my body changes and I understand if we live long um, uh, long enough all of us will become part of the disability community in the meantime how can I start to slow down that process how can I maintain my muscle and my and my bone density. How can I maintain my good mood? Because often doing yoga and working out helps me stop. Helps stops me from punching people in the face. I'm just gonna Hello? be honest. I say that all the time. No, I legit verbatim say that all the time. People are like, why do you work out so much? I was like, because I can't just go around punching people in the face. It's like not, I can't it's do frowned that. Upon. It's frowned it's upon. It's frowned upon. It's, it's it frowned upon. Deeply frowned upon. So if y'all want me to do that, that's why we're here. That's why I lift really big weights, right? Yes. And even to that regard, I tell, especially women, like, Mm. I'm like, look, by the time you're, if you haven't picked up a weight by the time you're 25, 30, you need to decide to. Because women, and I follow another um, fitness influencer who's also a nurse, and she speaks to this often, too. She's like, I wish more women would lift weights because lifting weights helps you increase bone density. It helps, yeah. yes, heavy weight, heavy, heavy weight. It heavy helps weight. increase bone density. It helps with your longevity. It helps you to be able to sustain yourself. Because she's saying she has a lot of elderly women, right, who mm-hmm. have a fall and their mm-hmm. bones are so brittle that they don't yes. recover. And that's usually what mm-hmm. takes them out. And True. women don't understand that. Even like when you talk, start talking about your metabolism, when you start talking about mm-hmm. hormones as you get older, when you're perimenopausal, when you're menopause, like you're going through menopause, all of this helps you, right? Yes. Not lose With your mind. Symptoms. Like literally not yes. lose your mind. Yes. Like, and I'm not even being like facetious, like no. legitimately. This is not hyperbole. Women, yeah yeah this is not hyperbole you literally right you literally could lose your mind going through menopause i know i'm there i can testify to that (laughs) and especially and this is the other thing too and this is like the the grandeur of just the human body and how it prepares you to like stay alive as long as it can but right the reason why women start gaining weight as they get older is because you need that fat in your system as you go through menopause it helps you right and people don't understand and i just be like stuff like nothing is just like by happenstance in our systems like your body really does know how to keep you alive if you work with it it's true it's true (laughs) here's here's something i say to my my students all the time when i'm talking about body positivity right because body positivity has certainly been co-opted by the fitness industry to mean something else entirely and yeah. so i know that's that's a podcast for another day because right, you know, spent probably a couple hours on yeah. that and i say i say to people i say to people this body that you are in is hundreds if not possibly thousands of years of evolution and mm-hmm. ancestry to create mm-hmm. a perfect customized package mm-hmm. for you. How many of us want mm-hmm. a custom? I want a custom gown from Christian mm-hmm. Siriano. I'm not going to lie. Christian yeah. Siriano, I know you're not listening, but I want a custom <laughs> gown. But you but know what? If you happen to be. If you happen to be, if you care at all, okay? Um, <laughs> but this is a custom body that has all this ancestry and knowledge and evolution. And it is so worth your respect. And it's so mm-hmm. worth you learning to understand it. The minute I stopped fighting my body, the better off we both were. The better off my mental mm-hmm. health was, the better off I was able to figure out what movements work for me, what movements didn't work for me. 
what foods I loved and were making me feel good, what foods I, I loved that were making me feel bad that I still eat on occasion because I don't give a shit. But you know what I mean? Sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm just going to deal with the. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just going to deal with whatever digestive upset I have because I really do want whatever this is. But I often just, I want to talk to people about appreciating the skin that they're in. And that's what the body positivity movement is. It's not like, I hear this all the time, glorifying, you know, obesity or unhealthy or whatever. It's making peace with the body that you're in. If the shaming of fat people and the shaming of fatness and putting down people ever worked, everybody would be thin because we've been doing this for at least a hundred years, at least. And here's the thing. And, and this is why I wish people were a little more aware there's right because <laughs> yeah, I was conscious so I felt like yeah, yeah I felt like aware was a nicer conscious. variation of what I was gonna say yeah I like this is all about capitalism of course we are forced is. right we are forced to dislike ourselves and strive for something that's unattainable right and I was yes. watching an interview recently and I forget who the actress was but she was like even our pictures, right? The pictures that you guys see on these billboards and the pictures that sure. you guys see as like these, they're Photoshop. She was like, guys, none of, of this is life. real. Yeah. Like none of this is real. And this thing that we're striving for so deeply to attain is not attainable because it's not even, even real exist. in real life. It doesn't, it doesn't even exist. exist. Right. It's a digital well, influenced image, right? Exactly. And, and it, it's, it's only to sell you something like and that's the bigger thing everything is meant to sell you something right and I think for me and just speaking to like ancestry because I get a lot into like eugenics and like how our DNA advances from each generation to each generation so you can survive right your current climate activities etc but mm-hmm. I'm like, and it's so interesting to be in this space, but to also still be struggling with things. And yeah. again, I do believe that people need to step into the space of like duality. And this is what yes. I see. I was like, even if there is something on your body, let's say you want to change it. Okay, great. But today it's mm-hmm. not going to change. Right? Yeah. So today yeah. this is the body that you were in and you can choose to embrace that body and love the body that you're in. It's helping you move and navigate the world that you're in. And not mm-hmm. saying that maybe one day you will shift that thing about yourself you don't like, but at the same time, you may not. And if you don't, are you going to hate yourself forever? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? It's yes. like you can want to evolve and still love who you are in Agreed. the intro. It and does, people it these... have a problem with understanding Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like these two things are mutually exclusive. Like people don't right. get that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And part of the human condition in terms of capitalism is to teach you to always be wanting and always mm-hmm. be striving. Cause then you're always mm-hmm. going to be buying that next thing. You're always going to mm-hmm. be striving for that next thing instead of what we talk about in yoga, right? Santosha being content mm-hmm. at where we are doesn't mm-hmm. mean that we're giving up. Doesn't mean that we don't want to move forward, but can we be content in the moment? Because if we're not content in the moment, we're going to have a miserable life. And then you're going to be on you. the interwebs. No, no, trolling, go ahead. Folks. Yeah. No, I was going to say, you'd be on the interwebs trolling folks because people who are secure and happy in their bodies aren't on your website trolling you, aren't on your Instagram trolling you. They have better shit to do with their time. And let me tell you something from an uh, algorithm standpoint, and this is for any oh, troll that me. might come up come upon this. 
if you really don't like something, the best thing you can do is not engage with it. Because the moment uh, you engage with it, the algorithm mm-hmm. doesn't know if it's good or bad. They don't know if you had a nice comment or a bad comment. All they know is that you're engaging with this content. So if you really don't like something on the interwebs, don't engage with it. Right? Thank you for that. <laughs> Like, Thank just don't. That. That's my, and that is my biggest thing. And I think because, like I said, I work in social media, there's lots of them there that I don't like. And I'm just like, ah, and I'm going to leave it right there because it's not, it's just, yeah, it's just not worth it. And I don't, I don't know. There's so many, there's like so many layers to this because I do there feel is. like part of it too, when we go back to like accepting ourselves for who we are and where we mm-hmm. are in these spaces, mm-hmm. like a lot of my issue, even right now, right? Because I'm like, do I want to lose weight? Do I not want to lose weight? Like, what? <laughs> I'm like teeter-tottering, right? Because part of me, and me and my therapist are working through this too, because part of me is like, I, I don't want to lose weight, but it's not because it's like, I don't want to lose weight. I don't want to lose weight because I don't want people to feel like they have to lose weight to do what I do, right? right so it's like right, grand right. picture, like, I don't want to lose weight. Mm-hmm. But then I think about my relationship, because people always ask me, like, oh, what's your diet? What do you eat, right? And I don't talk about it often. And I think people think I don't talk about my diet because I eat poorly. That's not why I don't talk about my diet. I don't talk about my diet because I don't eat enough, and I don't want people to pick up my bad habits. <laughs> That's right. why I don't talk about my diet. Right. I will go, like, all day and not eat. Or I'll go, like, all day, and it'll be, like, 2 in the afternoon, and I'll be like, okay, let me have a salad. Right. And Mm -hmm. it's like we and this is like me, we we Mm got to stop like reinforcing that reality. Right. And this is like as a busy parent, as somebody because me and my so I have a holistic doctor and I have a therapist. Right. And my holistic. I think good for you. Like she's like very like zen and like you can nourish yourself and like she's like helping me renegotiate my. Relationship relationship with food, but then Mm -hmm. also just like the reality of like, girl, if you don't eat, like, you're not gonna be able to do all this other stuff you do. How are you supposed to sustain yourself? You have to feed your body. Exactly. But me and one of my other friends, who's she's just my friend, she's my pro fight, but my sorority sister. Oh, okay. Thank you. Right. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I was Um, like, what? Yeah. Right. She's um she's a medical doctor too, and she and I really dove into it one night because I had sent her my labs and I had great labs, right? Very Mm -hmm. healthy across the board. But I went to this like older white guy, um, endocrinologist to kind of figure out what was going going, right to kind of figure out what was going on with me because like something is off in my system. Like I can feel it because I'm very in tune with my body, but I can't quite place it. Pinpoint it. Yeah. Yeah. So they did this whole blood panel and he walks in and he's like, surprisingly, all your blood work is very normal. And I'm like, surprisingly, what does <laughs> that like, okay. mean? Yeah. Right. And like, why are you Fat so phobia. Yeah. So then goes on and was like, you know, well, cause I had gone in because I had gained a lot of weight like recently in a rapid way. And I was like, this is off. Off for um, you. Yeah. 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 So, right. Cause it was just so quick. Right. It wasn't yeah. like. You yeah. know how you like something is just like off, like in your again yeah, in no, my I system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, so we were trying to figure it out because I'm like, I also don't want any health problems to come up, so let's like get ahead of it. Yeah. Uh, I do believe in being proactive. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, it's so, way better than reactive. So then he's like, "Oh, we can't give you any medicine because your like m- uh, metabolic like you know system is fine, 
right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, cool. And he's like, have you ever considered surgery? And I was like, I'm like, why would I consider surgery? Like in your mind, like how he's like, yeah, you could just do the sleeve and like like a hundred pounds. And I was like, but I don't want to lose a hundred pounds. I was like, that's not my goal here. My goal is to figure out why what's I'm gaining. Going on. Yeah. I'm trying to yes. figure out what's going on with my system. I'm not trying to like just lose weight to lose weight. Right. Yeah. And I don't want a magic pill to lose weight. I want you to actually figure out is wrong with me yeah so like there's not something else and I say that because that's been my whole life right and I think that's why my relationship with food is so um anxiety related because for a long yeah yeah I was gonna say and a go ahead sorry and a disordered relationship with food is the norm here yeah absolutely and I think that's my biggest struggle too because again and not even that I don't even want to eat sometimes, but like the anxiety around eating and am I reading the right thing? And should I be eating this right now? And is this enough protein? Because I know I'm going to lift weights. Like, like I have like created so much anxiety around food that avoiding it is often the easiest solution. I get right. So, I I mean, but I say all that to say, because people often ask me, they're like, what's your diet? Or you must eat so horribly. And that's why you're I'm like, if y'all only knew, if you only actually knew, but then yeah. again, I don't want to, I, I avoid telling my diet because I know that I need to adjust my eating habits before I share my diet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if I'm yeah, going yeah. to share, cause I'm like, I don't want people to think that how my eating habits are, are normal or that they yeah. should be doing them because they should. Yeah. I wish we could stop with this whole, what do people eat in a day? Have you seen all those Mm -hmm. videos on YouTube? Um, You know, I don't think that's important or helpful or necessary. Um, I follow a person on the internet called The Nutrition Tea. Uh, Mm -hmm. Her name is Shanna, Shanna. And she's always, I posted her today. She's always, you know, dispelling these myths. I had a really interesting situation happen and I would you know, just from what you're saying, I would have your thyroid checked out if you haven't had it checked out already. But I, I had a thyroid (laughs) issue where I was dropping tons of weight, like literally tons of weight. And I couldn't figure it out. I went to like three different doctors who did a workup and nobody could tell me I was sweating. I had heart palpitations. I was miserable. And everybody Mm -hmm. in the fucking world was like, you look so great. What are you doing to lose all this weight? I feel like hell and death. I'm barely making it through my day, but yet you want to comment on the size of my, like I would be trembling because what happens? I had hyperthyroidism. Your Mm -hmm. thyroid speeds up and I'm literally shaking like Mm -hmm. this and sweating and miserable. But all people could say to me is, damn, you look good. Shut your mouth. (laughs) I had a similar situation when I was in my early twenties, right before I got pregnant with my son. I like dropped mm-hmm. a ton of weight, like mm-hmm. I done gone, right? Mm. And my crazy but was like, I still want to lose fifty pounds. And I look at those pictures now, and I was like, where was I about to get this fifty pounds to lose though? <laughs> like, yeah. like where was it? Where was it coming from? But again, to your point, everyone's like, oh, you look so great, you so blah 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 blah. I'm like, looking like back on that now, mm-hmm. I'm like, what I was doing mm-hmm. to be that size. Mm-hmm. It's not sustainable and it's Mm-mm. it's not healthy. And I would not encourage anyone to Mm-mm. do that. But people just look at it for face value. Yeah. I even have a friend who well, I guess she's not my friend no more. I have an old associate. You have an acquaintance. You have <laughs> yeah, a friend of me. An old uh, an old associate 
who, as I was gaining all this weight these past two years, because I mean, it was noticeable, right? And she was like, and everybody gained weight over the pandemic, just so you know, you're a good healthy. (laughs) She was like, oh, it's because you're unhealthy and it's because of how you eat. And like, just because you work out doesn't mean you're healthy. And like, you live a very sedentary lifestyle. And I was like, girl. Come on. And now. what I wanted to say to her, and I didn't because I just didn't have the time, was like the same habits that you're wanting to point out right now are the same habits I had when I was your yoga instructor, the same mm-hmm. habits I had when I was like that super small person that you admired. These right. aren't new habits. This isn't a new right. lifestyle I'm living. So all right. these bad habits now that are making me so unhealthy are the same habits I had when you were telling me how healthy and fit I looked. So, like, uh, by default, your, like, reasoning. argument is dull. Like, your argument yeah. is, like, defeating Garbage. itself. You're just contra- yeah. de- contradicting yourself, right? So, we really do, because so many people, men and women, because I've talked to mm-hmm. a lot of men who tell me stories about their friends that they've lost because of bodybuilding and how they were training <gasps> their bodies and overtraining yes. their bodies and yes. how they were, you know, not even necessarily steroids always, right? Like other habits that they pick up of ways like how to build muscle. And they're like, sure. they were so unhealthy, but their physique looked great. But they and so people were just not assume. healthy. And so yeah. people just assume. People just it's, look at something and make an assumption about what's it's going on. so harmful. It is. And unnecessary. Even that doctor who's telling yes. people to get surgery when they're completely healthy, according to labs. Like, what is going on? He's having you amputate a perfectly healthy part of your body. I have yeah. such a big problem with bariatric surgery that we're going to take, or the sleeve, or whatever it is we're doing yeah. now, that but we're going to take a perfect, healthy, perfectly healthy organ and amputated and so many people die from that we don't talk about and so many people have complications they live with after that yes it's very dangerous and i have to ask myself it only in the situation where you have to weigh the options i'm not criticizing anybody and please don't at me um, about this whole conversation. <laughs> All I'm saying is that you have to weigh those consequences because I had a friend that recently died from complications to having, um, they called it a band around her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's, she's relatively yeah. famous. I'm not going to name her. If you, if you've seen people I've worked with, you'll know who she is, but she passed away last year because of all of these complications from that yeah. band. And I did a, I did a, uh, a retreat with her um, in 2018 and she was having so much problems with that band. We would be in a restaurant, she would be eating, she would look panicked, things would get stuck. She'd run off to the bathroom and we'd be freaking out because it kept twisting. She had to go in and have it repaired a couple times. And in the end she ended up dying. See, and this is this, and these are the conversations that people don't talk about. And I think, especially when it's not necessary, if you're telling me, because literally his words, yeah, it wasn't oh, necessary. Yeah, your blood pressure is great, your cholesterol is great, you're not even almost pre diabetic. I'm like, so why are you telling me to go have surgery? Right? They must be getting a kickback because we are well, obsessed and you know with what's fitness. Funny? He said that. He's like, well, I don't perform the surgeries, and you know, I'm not, because I guess probably somebody has said that to him before. Which in turn means he suggests this often. Because if you already have a response to what I'm saying, you Mm -hmm. this is your this is one of your go-to. Yeah, this is one of your go-to um suggestions, which it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be medicine or surgery. Yes. There's so many other things. So many other options. And the fact that they were just looking for a way 
to change your body immediately, that they couldn't see that in your plus size body, your bigger body. And I like to call it an abundant body. I'm an abundant <laughs> personality. I'm an abundant in conversation. So I must have a body that matches my abundance. I would like exactly. to be more abundant in my financial situation, but we're working on that. But I have a lot I'm of saying. abundance hanging out <laughs> in this place. So my body has to match the abundance. But the first, yeah. the first go-to is get, is get a sleeve. And not you know, let's do a panel on something else. Not, huh. not let me send you to another but specialist that, and figure this out. That's not the next goal. That is like, so it's so funny. So like I told you, I have a holistic doctor as well. Oh, who, good, good. Yes, yes. And she, and also connect, connecting the dots. I went to her because of my knees. And then I started mentioning other stuff to her. And then I let her see my labs. And she was like, the inflammation in your knees because my knees have um I have arthritis in my knees but then I have mm. old like soccer injury as well and like mm-hmm. recently my knees have just been like killing me uh, she was like there's she's like the inflammation in your knees can be caused by something else going on in your system because yes. even like again like I said my rapid weight gain and like yes. retaining water and yes. she's like there's so many other things that be, could be going on and she looked at my blood test she was like there's so many other panels they could have run exactly back normal she was like right? they could have done more than this and the fact that they chose to stop here and then suggest surgery she was like that's a very old Red school flag. medical yeah yeah medical mindset exactly plus and i i wouldn't put it past them that they see a black woman and there's certain stereotypes oh, that yeah. they're feeding into so the default Absolutely. is this the default right. is this in the medical community. And my thing is, like, if I didn't know better, I would have been like, oh, okay, maybe. Like, I was like, uh, I'm not getting surgery. I, no. Not only did I say I'm not getting surgery, I was like, I want a copy of my lab work, too. Yes, I'm going to go elsewhere. Literally. Yeah. That's why I want yeah. my lab work. I was like, thank you. This, can I have my lab yeah. work? Thank yeah. you. And I'll do, I'll do a, I'm going to get a second opinion. Because that's yeah. the problem with the medical industry, right? Like, they're so quick. I could, I can't believe how quick he was to suggest surgery to you when everything else was fine. That we and... aren't going to run different panels. We aren't going to do, we aren't going to send you to an endocrinologist <laughs> to see what's going on. We aren't going to, you know what I mean? We aren't going to send you to somebody. Something is happening. I don't know what it is. Let me send you to a specialist. Right. And he, so he is an endocrinologist, but he wasn't oh my, my endocrinologist. Oh my my endocrinologist was out sick right okay. so mind you on top of the fact that he was just looking at my blood work for face value he didn't even have no background on me he oh, didn't know Lord. anything about my background Mm-mm. i'm like you don't you don't even have a point of reference to start on buddy you need to ask me some questions <laughs> you need to ask Holy me some smokes. questions right like it was bizarre uh-uh. and that's what my doctor my holistic doctor was like did he ask you what you ate in a day did he ask you like what your lifestyle was like i was like yeah it's none of that girl he just assumed I was overeating, and that's why she's black. That's why I said it. Yeah, but, I knew. I knew immediately. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was like, he didn't ask none of that, and mm-hmm. it's just it's he didn't ask my family history. He didn't ask nothing. I was like, bruh, mm-hmm. this is like irresponsible. Exactly. It's exactly. just irresponsible, and it's so dangerous. And, and again, yeah. And the thing is, you're an aware, conscious consumer of the medical industry. You're a fitness professional. You're a health professional. So you know to look for these these flags. 
you right. know to ask more questions. But there's a lot of us out there in the community that look at doctors as the be all, know all, end all, yeah. and as gods. And when they give us this information, we just go, da, 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 we're going to go along mm-hmm. with this. And it ends up giving us a worse outcome. I mean, on mm-hmm. the flip side of that, you can go on WebMD and diagnose yourself with everything under the sun. Yeah. But <laughs> you also you also need to be more critical in your thought. And one of the things that we learn about in yoga is discernment, right? Those are mm-hmm. one of those big things that yoga teaches us about. I'm going to take that information. I'm going to sit with it. I'm going to do some more research from mm-hmm. reputable, you know, places. I'm going to go and have a second opinion by a doctor I appreciate, and then I'll, I'll exactly. decide. But to jump from one extreme to the other was absolutely irresponsible yeah. and reckless. Reckless. Can you imagine and- the damage he could have done to you? And yeah, and the danger he could have put me in. But even to that point, the reason why I'm going to this um, alternative doctor, because I went to the knee doctor, he did x-rays, was mm. like, well, you have arthritis in your knees, you know, you got old injuries, it just is what it is, you know, nice. you're going to have to deal with it. He tried to put me on, like, um, he tried to put me on a, a medicine for anti-inflammation. Hey, my, physical therapist, my physical therapist was like, don't take that. <laughs> people die from taking that but oh was like, my no. gosh. they were like take turmeric they're like you can there take turmeric supplements right yeah, and like yeah, a yeah. few of my physical therapists and my chiropractor was like don't take that right oh but yeah. like even when I went back for my follow up with this like the knee doctor knee specialist he didn't give me any I was like so you don't want to take an MRI like you know I have internal things going on in my knees right you know I have screws in my knees you know I have because th- I had surgery on it that's now that surgery is 17 years old yeah you don't want to so take a peek shifted. Yeah, you don't exactly. want to see <laughs> oh my god and gosh. it's like that's my, like bare minimum our minimum. medical system is bare minimum unless mm-hmm. you make them Right. Unless you advocate for yourself. Right. Yeah. Like that's the problem. And some of us aren't capable of doing that. Could you imagine if there was a language barrier? Could you imagine? Mm -hmm. Like there's so many other things. If you were insecure, you and I are strong and powerful and we're like, eh, I'm going to get another opinion and come back and talk to some other folks and come back. And Mm -hmm. I remember when I was having trouble with my thyroid, um, you know, they put me on thyroid medication for a while and then they took me off of thyroid medication without weaning me. And then of course, the hyperthyroidism came back and then his next thing was let's take it out let's just kill your thyroid and i had talked to so many people who had their no. thyroid ablated <laughs> and said to me yeah it ends that problem for you but it creates all these other problems for you yeah. and if i'm gonna have to be on medication for the rest of my life i'd rather just keep my thyroid and take the medication than mm. not keep my thyroid and take this other medication like it was yeah. just like we don't know what else is gonna be obliterated when you decide the organ that controls out. everything in my body and you just yeah. kill it off you can't tell me and so I was like yeah I'll take same thing as you I'll take my labs and I went to a teaching hospital because I figured mm-hmm. if I saw an endocrinologist in a teaching hospital they're doing the latest greatest research right mm-hmm. they're going to be on top of things my doctor is young this was an older gentleman my doctor was mm-hmm. young I was telling her you know all the activities I was doing when I, she's like you're on the right track you're feeling good this medication dose is fine keep doing what you're doing. We don't need to take out your thyroid, right? I'm just like, if I had just been like, okay, take out my thyroid. No problem. No problem. I'm like, and then everybody I talked to said, I did that. And this is what happened to me. I'm like, Mm. I don't need any of that. Like, I know what's going on on this end. I don't want to participate in this new stuff. And he was just like, oh, I was so frustrated. But you and I have that, that power, that wherewithal to be like, yeah, 
no and move on right. but not everybody has that so how many people exactly. are injured by the system exactly and even like in regards to my knees my knees feel so much better now and mm, i've only been good. seeing her for a couple of months and mm. when i tell you my knees had hurt since december until recently when i started Ouch. going to her Ouch. and like consistent chronic pain and like not like Ooh. a little bit of pain but like shooting pain Ouch. and she and but she figured out what was wrong right yeah. and like that's the and, thing is like she yeah. actually figured out what was wrong and why they felt this way and they've been increasingly getting better since I've gone to see her. And I'm like, now if only the medical industry could play catch up. Right. Could play catch up. Could play catch up. And we're lucky enough to have access. I'm here in Canada, so we have socialized yeah. medicine. My husband has benefits because, you know, I'm self-employed like you, so I don't mm-hmm. have a benefits package. So I'm lucky I have access to that. I feel bad for other folks who don't have yeah, access to that. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. How many people get injured by the system who don't have the power to advocate? And how exactly. much longer do we have to break down these old ideals? How much longer mm-hmm. do you have to educate your doctor that we are not using these measurements of fitness anymore? If one more doctor comes at me with that bullshit measuring index, the BMI, to tell oh, me BMI. Anything, if, I, I love to tell them, you know, an astronomer made that whole thing up, not a medical professional. Can you not? Do you want to know the history of this? Because you clearly do not. It was only supposed to be used as a means for statistics. It wasn't even supposed to be used as a means to measure health. Like its exactly. initial purpose was not to measure someone's health. Individual health. There are better yeah, that's not indicators. What it was for. But that's what that's when I hear somebody bring that up. I'm like, what century are you in? This is no longer a measurement. There are other, there are better ways to measure people's right. health than um than your height divided by your weight. Like what? Exactly. What is that? What is that? It's like it doesn't account for muscle mass. It doesn't account for body fat. It does. I'm just like genetics, and, activity, and stress all levels, these other things. Right? Yeah. If, if it's not helping you do anything, then like why are you even pointing to this? You have to do so many other things to actually even figure out what's actually wrong once you discover, oh, you're obese. Okay, so why are we even using this number? Why don't we start with this is what's actually going on in your system? Right. This number is so arbitrary because it doesn't help you do anything at all. It doesn't at all. It's a waste of everybody's time. You know, I could talk to you forever and ever and ever (laughs) and ever. I feel like we are sisters that we have had a parallel experience in life, but it doesn't surprise me because we are both black women moving through the world as black women and these are things that come up like this is a common story unfortunately this is a common story so on the intentional well-being podcast i try to give people tips around finding their own well-being and i've moved away from the the wellness because i find Mm -hmm. that wellness has been so uh, equated with capitalism i want Mm -hmm. people to do things that don't cost them any money and don't take up a ton of their time like if you are a mom and you are a business owner, you've got all this stuff going on. There has to be something that you can do that is sustainable. What are some of the things that you do for your own well-being that are just very accessible to you and could be accessible to other folks? Make a cup of coffee. So like I know. <laughs> that's my favorite. So I have so I have so many mugs, right? And my friends are like, you have too many mugs. But no, like, really, the, right, that's what I asked what I said. Let's buy another one. But, yeah, mind but mind like, your business. No, I don't. Yeah. Literally mind your business because I'm <laughs> about to get three more. Thanks. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, just like the ritual of like making your coffee. And it doesn't have to be coffee, tea. 
whatever it is you like. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Smoothie, whatever you like. Yeah. Just that ritual of doing it. Exactly. (laughs) But there's a ritualistic, like, process you start when you're doing these small things. Taking baths. Mm, Right? I love a good bath. And like, mm-hmm. you know, and baths don't have to be expensive. Like, yeah, these there's these expensive bath bombs now, whatever. You can get some Epsom salt. You get a big True. bag of Epsom salt for like three dollars. Right? right? And yeah. like yeah. and just sit with yourself, light some candles, and like just yeah. take a moment to like and again, it's that it's that ritualistic part of it, right? Where you're just like mm-hmm. caring for yourself and doing something that's mm-hmm. just for you. Um, and for me, like even, I mean, working out is like my, again, my My go-to, my go-to, like I have, so, so funny. I couldn't work out earlier today, but I have a walking pad like in my room. So I was reading some stuff for class and I was just walking on my walking pad while I was reading. Right. Like just moving. You don't have to like lift like weights all the time and like these hard workouts, just moving your body and getting your blood flowing. Right. It got my energy levels up. It like, cause I was tired. Yeah. I felt better. So, I mean, it's those small things. Like, I feel like people think they have to do these grandiose things all the time. Mm-hmm. But those small moments with yourself, like, I walked for, like, 40 minutes, and that was great. Yeah. That was perfect. You know? The, my best investment, I'm going to show you my workout space. Do you see? So, there's my spin yeah, bike. I love I it. I call her Spinderella. Aww. And then you see my, but yeah, me and Spinderella. Yeah, your yoga mat. Tight. Do you see my yoga mat and all my yoga yeah. stuff? And I'm lucky I have a dedicated space in my room, but I call it like the gift of 10 minutes. Like even if you've only got 10 minutes to get some movement, do whatever you want to do for 10 minutes. Take a, you know, a stroll around the block, sit on your yoga mat for 10 minutes. Just do something that makes you, that's just for you. That has nothing Mm -hmm. to do with anybody else. It's not attached to an aesthetic anywhere. It's not, Mm -hmm. it's not just a way, like even turning off my phone. Yes. I love my phone. I do not disturb. That's yes. one of my favorite pastimes. <laughs> and, I, and, I, uh, <laughs> and I also love that knowing about this um, algorithm on mm-hmm. uh, in the social media world, don't feed, I've always heard that yeah. term, don't feed the trolls, but don't engage with that, you know, stuff because you're just yeah. going to get more of that stuff. And now I know. And mm-hmm. I had this exact conversation with my stylist today. She's like, I don't have the time or the energy. You are a better person than me to try to educate people. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, well, sometimes it ain't worth it, especially if they don't no. want to be educated. Because I'm about totally. to argue with you. I'm not True. about to argue with you, just argue with you. Like, no, thank you. I got True. better things to do. <laughs> yeah, and you and you know, it's clear you don't. So find somebody else to argue with. Like, right. honestly, honestly, not. To, I my favorite saying is today is not the day, and I am not the one. <laughs> exactly. I literally, I told that to somebody once. It was a Sunday morning, and this person was going back and forth with me. I was like, I'm not gonna let you ruin my Sunday morning. You can no. keep going if you want to, but I'm not yeah, responding I'm anymore. I'm like here, literally, I, I was like, I'm done. I'm done. My therapist always says, put the racket down because it only works if you volley the ball back. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. If you volley That's the ball back. That's so true. So I want to find out where can people find you? Obviously on your website. Yes. Which is Krista Janine So I am Krista Janine everywhere. Everywhere. Exist. Like literally. So you're on Instagram, Facebook, Mm -hmm. Snapchat. Are you Twitter? I'm not on Snapchat. I'm too old for Snapchat. That's for the young. I was just going to (laughs) say that's for the young folks. My kids are on Snapchat. I'm trying not to be in their privacy lives. I let them have their 
Mm-mm. I don't even. I don't even know how it works. I'm being honest. And I used to work in Snapchat. That's why it's funny. I downloaded it when I worked there. I used yeah. it while I worked there. And the day yeah. my contract ended, I deleted. You were out. Yeah, yeah, I never even downloaded it. I don't even know what's going on. Yeah. Um, so. But everywhere else, on Peloton, I'm Krista Janine. Like, literally, I'm Krista Janine everywhere. So <laughs> it makes it nice and easy. Yeah, it does. I appreciate that about you. And what do you got coming up that we can be a part of? I noticed you're doing a retreat in Ghana. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. So That looks fabulous. I'm so, so amped. So it's um it's centered around Juneteenth. And for oh, those nice. of you who don't know what Juneteenth is, it's the day... You're living under a rock. <laughs> that. And it's, it's commemorative of um, the day that the last African slaves were freed in America, which is actually a year and a half after the Emancipation Proclamation was signed. So we're, instead of just like having a barbecue or like a celebration this year, I wanted to do a yoga tr- retreat centered around like our ancestry and, and granted Part like yes everybody isn't from you know ghana i get that and sure. we don't know yeah. where we're from and that's part of the reason why trips like this are important because mm-hmm. we don't have any ancestral connection to the continent of africa even though that is where our ancestry is from and one mm-hmm. of my biggest things right now is like really helping people especially disenfranchised communities, black and brown people specifically, let me be very clear, um, to understand that, like, our ancestors didn't just give us this trauma and this, like, you know, heartache and pain. Like, they gave us a lot more because had they not survived, we would not be here, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. At the at the very base of like our existence is all of this like power and strength and like ability mm. to endure and be patient yes. and like move through the world. So that's what this retreat is centered around, right? We're gonna do nice. yoga. We're gonna experience um, African culture and not like from a touristy standpoint. So the guide is actually from Ghana. She develops these tours centered around, like, culture and going to the markets and having, you know, your own clothing made from, like, African seamstress. And, like, the end of the trip kind of culminates with us going to a Black woman-owned spa, right? And, like, supporting Black-owned businesses there. Mm -hmm. And really, um, really pouring into the local economy and not just the Mm -hmm. tourist economy, which is something that's Mm -hmm. also very important to me. And then even, so on Juneteenth and the day after, we have, like, our naming ceremony at the Ancestral Rivers, which, for those of you who don't understand, I mean, don't understand, not don't understand, don't know, rather. Right. It's where, like, Africans, before they were taken to the slave dungeons, um, got their, like, final bath after their, like, long trek from whatever village they were from. They would go Mm -hmm. to this river and, like, clean themselves and then go to the point of no return. So it's a very, like, spiritual um, space. And then the next day we go to the slave dungeons to kind of see how they were separated and divided by um, <clears throat> territory that they were going to go to. And and kind of the whole process, just to understand kind of what your ancestors had to do for you to be here, right? And I think yeah. people don't have that connection anymore. Yeah, because they like because that's not what we're given. We're given slavery was bad and colonialism was bad, and yes, all those things are true. But like, mm-hmm. we need to start connecting the dots of the reality of yes, all those things were bad, but you're here, which means your ancestors were able to make it through all those things, yes. so you could Resilience. be here, right? Resilience, yeah. So yep. that's yep. what the that's what it's about. Um, I love that. 
Yeah, so that's what the retreat is about. So that is on my website, so you can learn more information about it there. Um, I do, I'm capping it at like 10 or 15 people because I do want it to be an intimate trip. Um, so yes. people can really get the most out of it. But yes. right now, we got about six more spots left. So, nice. yeah. yeah, so it's not, it's not until June. Um, it's June yeah. 13th through the... 22nd i believe okay. don't quote me on okay. that the actual dates are on the website. it's on the website everybody and i'll be in the <laughs> right. show notes it'll be in the show yes notes. but i do believe that is the time frame we are going but yeah i mean if that's something that you're interested in the reason why i'm calling it the liberated yoga retreat is because i do feel like there is great liberation and understanding where you come from and where your true source of power lies mm-hmm. um and for me i feel like that's our ancestors right because like totally. if my if my descendants were relying on me to have to go through that i don't I don't know. You know what I mean? I hear that. Like, like I hear so that. I'm it's definitely appreciative. Yeah, I'm I definitely am. appreciative of Can you imagine of my ancestors? how strong they had to be? And I always say to myself where I am sitting here, where I am talking to you, my experiences in the world, I always revert back to Maya Angelou's poem, I am the hope and the yeah. dream of the slave. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And... Yeah, I don't, and even seeing Woman King, and like I said, I talked to you forever, <gasps> oh my god, but like listen, the Woman King, like, listen, I think listen. that movie put a lot of other things in perspective for me too, because the yes. amount of like, yes. intuition and patience and like, yes. knowing when to act, yes. right, and yes. knowing and having to be strategic about things, and not waiting, right, being proactive about, like that yes. movie, ugh. It it fed me yeah. because I did my DNA um, probably about five or six years ago, and mm-hmm. the majority of my DNA is from Benin, which is the country in which that woman mm-hmm. king takes place, oh, and wow. is also yeah is also the that 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 tribe of women warriors we, that we also see in the Black mm-hmm. Panther movies mm-hmm. yeah, is yeah. based on that that tribe from Benin. So based oh, on my wow. person, I, I know right. And so based on my personality and how I, how I behave in the world, I believe, and this is, I, I'm allowed to believe this. I tell myself, yeah. I am descended from those women. It's yeah, in my DNA. Absolutely. I Why know not? it. I think so I too. Know it. And I don't even I know, know what my DNA is. I'm like, yes, that was me. I was there. I was my, there. My that's ancestors. That's my, my that's ancestor. My, that's my auntie, right? Because yeah. 40% of my DNA is from Benin. 12 of it is from Nigeria. Those countries are side by side. Another 10% is from Cameroon. And 21% of it is like Irish and Scottish. And we know where that's crazy about that. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Even the Irish, though. Yeah. Yeah, Even the Irish Irish and Portuguese. But the Portuguese colonized Barbados, which is Mm -hmm. where my family ended up. And Barbados Mm -hmm. was the hub of the British uh, slave trade. So. Oh, um, wow. that's where the Portuguese and British stuff comes from. Got it. See? I'm doing, see, I I'm doing do some genealogy. Mine. Yeah, do I it. Like, I need to do mine. My brother did his, but then somebody was like, yeah, but your DNA is going to be a little different than his. And I was like, oh yeah. Yeah. I was like, but we got the same parents. I'm like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like, you got to dig into it, right? Like, yeah. It and that's so really interesting. Thing. Yeah. Genetics are really so fascinating. Aren't they though? I yeah. really want 
to know. Like, I want to yeah. know where I came from. I want to know yeah. what my connections are. I want to know in such, I'm always jealous of white folks who say, oh, my grandma was Scottish yeah. and then my great grandfather. I don't have any and of we that. migrated to America. Blah, blah, right. Yeah, and I'm like, great for you, homie. Glad. You know what? <laughs> that, you do you. Sorry, this is my last note. I was, ha- I was at a dinner once in Chicago and they were all saying like their stuff. And I was like, my ancestors were slaves. Yeah, exactly. I and everybody like all the time. Like, yeah, quiet. Was quiet. I was like, quiet. Okay. <laughs> I met Next a woman. Next topic in of conversation. conversation. <laughs> Moving on. I was, I was when I was in university. My maiden name was Small, and I remember running into a woman in one of my classes at university, and she said to me, "Oh, your last name is Small. My last name is Small too." And um, we're like from Britain. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure your family owned my family. And then she was real quiet. <laughs> She was real quiet after that. And she just looked, her face fell. Like her face, when I said that, her face fell and she got pale. And then she sat down. She had talked to me for the rest of the semester. But I was okay with that. (laughs) Yeah, your family probably owned my family. And she was like, Yeah. And she they make the kids do Heritage Day in school. I'm like, Mm, what? No. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm like, well, don't get me started. Exactly. You and I need to do this again. <laughs> Krista, Janine, I love you. I'm so grateful we could make this work. Thanks for your patience. Thanks for your work. Thanks yeah. for being the first plus size person on Aloe. Let's let come on, Aloe. Let's let's yeah. add some more folks on there so I that know. you're not alone. I know. Right, you could do some like collaborations with other folks. So I'm very excited to see you out there in the world doing your thing, girl. Thank you so much for being here. Thank, Thank you for representing for the culture. Yes, for the <laughs> it's all for the culture. It's always for the culture. Absolutely. 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 So, Thank you, everybody, for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please share. If you learned something today, share. Tag us. Find Krista Janine on all of her social media handles. All the stuff will be in the show notes. Until next time, let's take our wellness and be intentional about it. Thanks, everyone. Bye.